Okay, welcome to Bavoshdan with James and Sana. I'm James. And this is Sana, and we are in our spare bedroom, cuddling. We're laying down, cuddling, and we're going to call this the cuddle cast. Right. Because... You, you might be wondering why we want to share with you our intimate moment. You may be, but they may not be. Because <laughs> maybe there's not much podcast out there that actually shared their intimate moments. Yes, there's a shortage of podcasts out there. We, we thought we are very close to you and you want to actually know what we do in a hot afternoon summer With the AC on in the spare bedroom. Right. And it's actually kind of cold in here. I am burning. I don't know what James is talking about. It's a little chilly with that AC on. You blow at James, he will pick up his winter jacket (laughs) and zip. (laughs) Winter jacket, huh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I like the heat more than I like the cold. (laughs) Oh, it's freezing. Oh, you're shivering. My goodness. Where's my coat? Oh, I can see the ice... Dangling from <laughs> your nose. Dangling from my nose. Yeah. All right. So, what's on your mind today, sweetness? Uh, I'm thinking once we're done with this podcast mm-hmm. or cattle ca- cuddle cast. Cuddle cast. Cuddle cast. I can sleep because I feel sleepy. You feel sleepy. Yeah. You've been, you just been a little exhausted lately. Right. Waiting has an an, an exhausting effect. Mm-hmm. On should we tell people about what happened last Thursday? We won't go, go into too much detail, but we can tell people at least. Right? Well, we have good news. We have good news, and we have it's mostly good news and a little bit of bad news. That's how I explained it to myself. Yeah, son. so we're just going. We're just going to share the good news, and we full stop there. Okay, why don't you share the good news? Good news is interview went well, and we got approved for a visa. The bad news is that it we, takes some time. We have for to it wait to process. a bit. We should say that approval is imminent. Mm-hmm. That's what I've been telling people. Right. We expect it will be approved. There's no reason to expect that it will not be approved. We just There's just certain, uh, I guess they call it administrative processing is the term they use. Right. To describe people from certain countries with whom uh, the United States has an adversarial relationship. And Sana holding an Iranian passport. Doesn't matter that she hasn't lived there and almost 30 years um it just holding a passport is enough to uh merit a bit of scrutiny from the u.s government so although approval is imminent it is still not 100 percent approved but there's no reason why it won't be approved it's legit our marriage is legit um everything checks out we've we've checked all the boxes we've crossed every t dotted every i Crossed every I, dotted every T, and uh, approval is imminent. We'll say that. So the, we had the interview at the U.S. consulate in Ho Chi Minh City last Thursday, the 25th of August, and it went really well. The guy that did the interview was a very positive, upbeat gentleman, and um, he shared with us that <clears throat> he has a foreign spouse as well, and he's been through some of this administrative processing too. So he was sympathetic to our situation, but uh, nothing he could do about it. 
and we don't certainly don't fault the man for uh, for not not being able to do what we wanted but uh, such is life we've waited this long what's another couple of months at the most what it may, may, may two weeks it could be two months we don't know but uh, I guess I'll be I'll be ready I'll be glad when all this waiting is over mm-hmm. for the visa and then we'll go on to wait for something else mm-hmm don't mind waiting as long as we're together mm-hmm. so that's the good news and then the marginally Yay. bad news you are tired goodness <laughs> <laughs> either that yeah she's really taking this cuddling seriously she's like falling asleep <laughs> sana sana yes are you there yeah okay you know what what I actually had the rest of the food. What? Yeah, I just woke up and I felt hungry again. So you had the rest of it? Yeah. That's why you're so tired. Maybe. Put yourself in a food coma. (laughs) 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 Well, we should... I don't... Did we have your mom on the podcast last time? No. Or was it just you and me? No, she has the same reaction that I had the first time you asked me to do it. The moment you said... We're going to record you. She's She's like, dart into the next room. She was like, yeah, from the room. She was looking at me and saying, no, I'm not going to talk. I'm like, why are you mumbling? Nobody's hearing you right now. (laughs) It's not like the camera is rolling right now. And she was like, no, no, don't record. (laughs) Anyhow, Sana's mom, Maliha. Maliha? Maliha. Maliha. Uh, She was here when I arrived. On, um, when, what day did I arrive? The 20, was it the 20th? 19th? 19th. 19th of August. Um, so she was here. She had been here for a few days and then she just left last night. Lovely woman. And we just had a, it was just wonderful to have, uh, Sana's mom in staying with us for a while. Uh, very blessed, very fortunate to have a mother-in-law that I enjoy being around. Not every man can say that about their mother-in-law uh, but I am very fortunate in that, in that regard and Sana's mother-in-law, my mom they have a lovely relationship and once they're able to finally meet in person it will, it will just blossom into what it's meant to be mm-hmm. but already uh, family relationships are I guess they're as good as they can be over FaceTime Right. So, once all this visa stuff is over, we can finally break bread together, mm-hmm. and that'll be nice. And drink wine. Drink wine, break Multiply bread. Multiply the fish. Multiply the fish. <laughs> what are you talking about? Multiply the fish. To feed the whole... Okay, I'm listening. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I'm, t- I'm telling you what Jesus did. Break the bread, bring the <laughs> oh wine, God. and multiply the fish. Okay. Oh. Hmm. That's what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. What would Jesus do? He would multiply the wine and break the fish. What did you say? Mo- break the bread. Break the bread. Drink the wine drink with the, wine. the bread. 
with the bread. And multiply fish to feed the hungry people. Hmm. We gotta brush up on your theology, honey. It's sort of it's it's He told the fishermen to throw cast their net the other side of the boat and Oh yeah. They they We're got like unlimited number of fish. Conjugated parables here. <laughs> <laughs> they got unlimited number of fish from a dead sea. Why are you laughing at Jesus? <laughs> I'm not laughing at Jesus, I'm laughing at you. Why me? Talking about Jesus. Why me? <laughs> You're making stuff up. Okay, what's the real story? The real story? Uh, well, you have like 30% of five different stories that that you've just made one story out of these. Yeah, the whole... I mean, the moral of story is break the bread and drink wine with the bread that's, at that's the same the time feed the, the hungry. Uh, okay. Well, the story is that there were five... Loaves and two fishes? Or was it two fishes? Or two loaves and five fishes? I can't remember what it was. My goodness, people are going to, you know, say these <laughs> hypocrites keep talking about Jesus and God keep and they can't even the get Bible. their story straight. Can't, don't even know if it's five loaves or two fishes. <laughs> Heresy! Heretics! <laughs> Cast them out! <laughs> it's five loaves, buddy! <laughs> Turn aside from these heretics. It was five loaves of bread and two fish. All right. So the miracle is that there Not were... Not fishes. There, fish. Yes. You said fishes. I didn't say fishes. You said fishes. I said fish. You said fishes. Quit being so vicious. Okay. Okay. I didn't say fishes. Mrs. Vicious. Anyway, the story is that there were five loaves of bread and two fish. And they miraculously multiplied... And 5,000 men were fed, and then there were women and children as well, so probably, I don't know, 20,000 people were fed uh, from five loaves and two fishes. Fish. Vicious. <laughs> Mrs. Vicious. Honey, That's your name, Mrs. Vicious. I have some one-hour spare time to teach you English, mm -hmm. if you would like to learn. Sure, I'd love to learn from you. You're a wonderful if, teacher. If you don't want to learn the whole grammar, I can teach you only what's countable and countable nouns. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, for those of people who are still listening and they're falling asleep, <laughs> falling asleep in their car, we should uh, wake them up and quit being a, a hazard to their health and their safety and the safety of others on the freeway. This, um, is, this is the place we need Gabriel. Because right. he will be screaming into the microphone. Yeah! <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, well. Sadly, Gabriel is not here with us. Uh, he's in spirit, but not physically. Um, I don't have anything else to say. You didn't tell us what happened to the fish. What, they multiplied what? and people ate. What does that have to do with us today? I really don't know. I don't know where it started and where it's going. <clears throat> well, what's the point of a miracle in Jesus' time? What, what, I mean, what was the point of it? Because those people got hungry again. Mm -hmm. they, they ate, and then five hours later they had to eat again. So mm. it was a miracle that they ate, but 
you know, why, what, what's the point of it? It was. I a, think the era that Jesus came to the mm-hmm. world was dark ages. Mm-hmm. And you could not just oh. teach people, you know, you know, to stop believing in God and everything. Mm-hmm. And only miracle could help. Because Jesus was just like us human beings, and people look at him as just like themselves, mm-hmm. and they they wouldn't believe his power that he was assigned by the higher level power, God the Father. So the only way he could prove was through something that was extraordinary, mm-hmm. which is called miracle. Right. Something that no, not everybody could relate to on that on those days. Mm-hmm. So, he said, "You have to believe in me. That you know, I am here for a good deed and good cause, and probably all those miracles happened as a supplement to his message for the people that time." It it proved that he was who he said he was. Mm-hmm. He didn't pull any punches, and he said, "I am the Messiah." Mm-hmm. That was foretold by the prophets, and uh, ruffled a lot of feathers doing that, mm-hmm. especially among the elites of his day, among the government and the church, or not the church, but the, uh, the like, the re- religious establishment. But the miracles, such as multiplying the fish and the, and the bread, served to be, they were a sign that he was who he said he was. At the same time, he wanted to show how we have to react toward other people who are in need and hungry. Mm-hmm. So he, he, through this miracle, showed not only that he is assigned from higher level mm-hmm. uh, to bring that message to rescue and save the people, human beings who are sinners, but also he was teaching them life, mm-hmm. how to be in the community, how to be kind and share food with each other. Mm-hmm. That's why he... He, he probably wanted to show that if you believe in God, nothing is impossible. Mm. You don't have to worry about uh, your food, your you know, shelter. Mm. God will always provide. So he was showing the nature of God. Yeah. That God doesn't want us to suffer. Mm-hmm. Or he uh, alleviates suffering mm-hmm. through the Messiah. But, you know, personally, I always... When I became very intimate with Jesus and God in church... I also studied and I noticed that God is a loving God, but at the same time, He's very destructive hmm. God. If God gets angry, you know, He can destroy the whole world in the snap of a finger. You remember, He asked Noah to build the ark, and He told him, uh, just take each, you know, species, one couple. Mm-hmm. And he destroyed all his own <coughs> creation. Mm-hmm. And it didn't just come overnight. He had to go through seven days to create everything. Well, he he, he uh, saved enough of the creation to continue it. Yeah, he but, didn't destroy it. But he got angry, you see. Well, he was, that means he has the qualities that he created in us. That's well, why it's a proof that it, God did. Yeah, but it wasn't just... God is like us. It wasn't just angry because people were lying, cheating, and stealing. What happened was, as, as I understand it, and I might have this wrong, but there were, um, what are they called, Nef- Nephilim? Nephilim? I, I think I have the, 
don't have the terminology correct, but angels literally populated the earth and they copulated with uh, earthly women and created these giants. And that was what precipitated the flood. It wasn't people being nasty people, although they were nasty. But the human race had been corrupted. And I, I'm sure that I'm butchering the theology here. I'm not. Please do not uh, take this to the bank as, as any type of authoritative uh, theology. This is just my understanding. It was far deeper than uh, people being defrauded. And, and like some of the things, and there are definitely horrific things that go on in the modern world. But from my understanding is that there were things that would, you know, make modern man look like saints that were going on. That That is what uh, uh, precipitated the flood and the need to eradicate all of mankind was there was there was some serious major corruption of the human race with mm -hmm. with angels that had populated the earth so yeah I didn't think that we were going to get into this topic when we <laughs> laid down to cuddle <laughs> how about this for a cuddle cast right but I feel like we are now in the era that we really need the second coming of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Not to end the world, but to shed some light in our lives. Because I feel like, you know, it's just like, uh, to make it simple, just like my profession. Sometimes at this level that I am teaching, the foundation level, I get really close to the student and they trust me. We start building relationship, mm -hmm. And if there is a break for right. next semester and we kind of get disconnected slowly and slowly those students they will get back to their you know mm -hmm. normal belief they had before they joined university and meet me and we kind of build some sort of a rapport together mm -hmm. so I feel like from the time that Jesus was 2,500 years ago till now it's already been too long there's a disconnect mm -hmm. even the people have a church go to church try to praise and worship him, remind him of his goodness and his teaching. But nothing is better than he himself to be among us and remind us and give us another chance hmm. in this world. I feel like we all shortfall of the glory of God because not only our own wrongdoing, but also because there has been this dismantulation, this disconnect between us and God. Mm -hmm. And everybody is just striving to bring us closer to God, the religious people. And as a result, um, maybe the intentions are good, but as a result, they're hurting, harming people and creating more hatred and pushing people away from God. But I don't know what level it should reach until for our Godfather to see the need and requirement for Jesus to come back. Maybe also, <clears throat> it is the time and he knows it, but he also afraid if Jesus come, nobody might believe him. Like ancient time, you know? Mm. And with, with the technology, with knowledge and wisdom that is going around, right. people are becoming much more smarter than 2,000, 3,000 years ago. He is thinking, what else I have to create to mm. make them believe me now? Right. 
who knows maybe Jesus can be just like me and you and one day just fly down from the sky but who's gonna believe everybody might say this is sorcery start shooting him mm. right away and kill right, him right. you don't even get his message he's not even on earth <clears throat> so well eschatology is not my forte uh, so mm. this is not something that I feel comfortable speaking authoritatively about I mean there's so many different viewpoints of this is just something when I was the thinking. second coming will come some people say the second coming has already occurred the great tribulation occurred uh, shortly after Jesus walked the earth there's so many different viewpoints I really I don't right. know what to make of it honestly and quite frankly um, I have more pressing concerns right in front of me than when Jesus is going to come again Honestly, I, I and I don't mean to be flippant about it. Uh, you can talk about that if you want. Well, I, I, I see so so many people get worked up in knots over these these issues <clears throat> regarding eschatology. Eschatology means the end times type of doctrine. And the truth be told, we really don't know. And. I, why would you get so worked up over something that you don't know when you have so many more pressing things to worry about? I know, because right here of that pressing things that they are worried about right here and right now, they want the end to come to finish all the pain and suffering. It becomes a distraction from, uh, in some ways, from your real obligations and responsibilities in life. Maybe I'm completely off base with this, but... No, you're not. Why would why would you worry about that when you don't know when it's going to happen? And it could happen 10,000 years from now, but some people act as though it's going to happen tomorrow and so they don't they don't care. That's a, a lot of uh evangelical Christians are like that. They're like, "Well, the rapture is going to happen and it could happen any time, so why should we invest in um high-quality education for our children? Why not just let them go to public school?" Because we're we're in the tribulation now, so why bother? And that's a very dangerous way of thinking. And, that, and truth be told, that's that's a huge reason why uh, cultures, the, the American culture, especially, is so secular, is because the church has just said, "Well, we're done. Our job here is done," but it's not. That's why the state has abrogated so much power that once belonged to the church. Medical, health care, the law, courts. Did you know that Presbyterian churches have their own courts? No. Yes. Really? And if you sin, like, um, if, if there's some sort of, uh, I don't know, some sort of strife in the home, the woman can go to the elders of the church and say, my husband has done this and that. Bring charges against her husband. And it'll be, it'll be heard by a, a court in the presbytery. And it's, these happen today. Mm. And it used to be the church would handle a lot of these things. I personally think religion and politics should not go together. They're yeah. two different, absolutely different subjects. <clears throat> and they cannot be matched. I agree, and I think that there are so many civil laws that are issues of the heart that need to be uh, resolved 
not with a, a judge and a gavel, but with a, a pastor or a counselor type of situation. There are so many uh, things that the civil courts have no business involving themselves in. But they do, because the church has, by and large, said, well, this doesn't concern us. You see, if if they mix politics and religion, the, <clears throat> either of them can use either subject for their use and for their own benefit mm -hmm. and turn it into something else that right. is far from reality. No, I agree, and that's why there were there was discussion in the early days of America, separation of church and state, that's a uniquely American uh, ideology. So, it, it, probably opening a can of worms, maybe I'm, I, I, maybe I'm contradicting myself left and right with what I'm saying here. Maybe I'm coming across as a No, because I heard some people imbecile. said the problem with Iran and America is not really politics, it's religion. And I was like, I have no comment on that, but now that we are talking about this thing, it just kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because both countries are depending, they, they make their political decisions depending on the religion they believe. And they both turn the religion into something that can get more benefit out of this. And of course, as long as somebody is Muslim, somebody is Christian, they f when they, they don't have the same belief system, Mm -hmm. Forever it's going to be, you know. Right. War of talks, thoughts, actions, whatever, against each other. Yeah. Well, the American government is kind of informed by the Judeo-Christian <clears throat> principles. Uh, and so that's, on the surface, that's where the uh, conflict with Iran comes. Because Iran is, is a, they don't make any, they don't try to hide it. We're a Islamic state. And mm -hmm. that's what, it, like your passport says, the Islamic Republic of Iran. Mm -hmm. And so that's where a lot of the conflict comes with the respective governments. And then, you know, you have people like me and you who are like, I don't have anything to do with my government. <laughs> I was in the army at one point, so mm -hmm. I used to be employed by the federal government, but I'm not anymore. I don't have any affiliation with the federal government. Why should my right to happiness in the woman that I choose to marry be hindered by politics but it is and you know we, we've dealt with this firsthand with the delays that we've encountered with this visa process let alone COVID <laughs> COVID contributed to it but I, I, and we're fortunate that we um, we did our visa application shortly before the travel ban was rescinded, like Trump's travel ban mm -hmm. was still in effect when we put in the application. Right. Um, and then that was, I guess, I guess on paper it was rescinded, but there were still people in the government that had Trump's ideologies who just don't like Iranians just because they're Iranian. Mm -hmm. So we knew it was an uphill battle uh, when we went into it. We didn't, we weren't ignorant of this. And so, you know, we're disappointed when we have news like we had last week, but I, I guess we just have to say we didn't, we didn't, can't say we didn't know, we, we 
can't say that we couldn't expect this from happening. Uh, so that's, I'll just leave it at that. We knew what we were getting into, and we did it anyway. You're probably thinking, I don't know why I did it, but here we are. Bonds of marriage are strong. Stronger than we thought. Anyhow, look at us. We've been running our mouths for almost 30 minutes. Yeah, and I don't know if you, you want to publish this or not. I do. Do you feel like you've got equal talking time? Yeah. Or do you feel like I hogged the mic again? No, we had equal talking time, but Good. what we said I don't think it's very interesting. I think, it's, I think it's fascinating. Our three listeners are going to be enthralled with everything that we say from start to finish. With small pockets of boringness <coughs> thrown in just to keep things interesting. With, with us yawning. Yep. Going to sleep, nodding in and out of sleep. <laughs> All right. Thank you all for pressing play on this episode of Bavoshtan. You can find us on the web at voshtan.com, V-O-J-D-A-A-N.com. And we also invite you to listen to our audio series of the Crave, uh, the core principles of our business, JNS Media. To access that, type in thisiswhatwecrave.com on your browser. And that'll redirect you right to that audio series. Highly recommended. It's really enjoyable. We we enjoyed recording it, and you'll enjoy listening to it. All right. This is James. And this is Sana. Signing off. Wishing you a very pleasant day or evening, wherever you may be. Mm-hmm.